0: Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Dolly. Rick Dolly Wall. It's time for Rick Dolly Wall. Rick Dolly Wall.
1: Oh, boy, it sure is. Rick Dollywall going to join the program here momentarily. It's Halford & Bruff Sportsnet 650. I'm Jamie Dodd. Halford & Bruff Brough, brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. This hour of Halford & Bruff Brough is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. Visit Campbell-Pound.com today.
2: We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studio, Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for?
1: 650, 650 is the Dunbar Lumber Text line. Oh, Kintech. That's what I'm waiting for. Wow. <laughs> the last one of the week, and I screwed it up. <laughs> Tough, tough stuff.
2: Sore feet. What are you waiting for?
1: Kintac. There you go. There we go. All right. uh, It's Ask Us Anything Friday, so send in your Ask Us Anythings. We'll announce the winner of a $100 gift card for the best submission to AJ's Pizza. That's coming up at 830. Still a chance to enter uh, for that prize. But right now, as mentioned, uh, joining us on the Dispatch Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Hotline. Uh, You watch him every day, 10 to noon on Check TV on Donnie and Dolly. He is Rick Dolly. Well, Rick, how's it going? God
3: this must be Christmas for you. <laughs> look, a week, a week away from that nut bar drench and you get to work with Bruff. This must be Christmas I mean, for look, me, for I, you.
1: it's a nice break, I'm not going to lie.
2: Christmas with Bruff. Christmas with Bruff, it's always a magical time.
1: um so Rick uh, lots to get into with the Canucks. Um do you want to start right off the top about the the report about Elias Petterson? We played some audio from Friedman saying he doesn't, yeah. doesn't have proof that they offered him a contract, but it might just be a semantic uh, distinction. What are you hearing on that?
3: Okay, so I was, uh, I was told by sources who would know that uh, this is not accurate. I, I've never seen these sources that upset over a report. I mean, to think that they have not talked numbers would be unrealistic. Both sides know what kind of numbers it's going to take to get a deal done. But I got major, major pushback on an offer being made. Um, look, the bottom line is this guys. Patterson himself has told the media after the New York road trip, he isn't going to talk contract till after the season. He is concentrating on the game of hockey. And I'm told the business side will take care of itself at the appropriate time. Now, some sources are baffled that an RFA like gets this much attention in a city when he's still under club control for the next 17 months. As we have said numerous times, unless there is a miracle, this is going to have to be a patient process. When they are not talking contract, how can the contract affect his play? And I have no intel saying that he wants out. So this is a player that clearly does not want to talk contract, and he just wants to play the game of hockey. And I, and I can't say it enough, a lot of patience from a lot of people is going to have to be required when it comes to Pedersen's contract. That's the bottom line.
2: Rick, can I just push back on one thing? I find it extremely disingenuous when either side says they find it baffling that a player that is under club control is getting this much attention when we've just seen players like Dubois and players like Kachuk who are under club control force their way out of town.
3: Yeah, that's a good point too, but here's the thing. When, When Elias himself has said, I don't want to talk contract. He's made it very clear to everybody involved that uh, he's probably not going to talk contract till the season's over. When the player comes out and says it, like go back to Johnny Goudreau in his final year in Calgary. He shut the media out. He told him right at the beginning of training camp, I'm not talking contract. He never did. And then what the happened? Season. Okay. And then he left. But, but again, when the player themselves says we're not talking contract and it still keeps being brought up and still keeps being, that's why people get baffled. When it's clear that the two sides aren't negotiating and it's clear that the player doesn't want to talk contract, Mm -hmm. yet it keeps, keeps getting brought up. That's why they get baffled. Well, to be fair, Rick,
2: I think the conversation right now has turned into turned from, um, yeah. Like why isn't hasn't he signed to um frankly, on our show, there's a lot of people that are like, do we even want to sign Elias Petterson? Yeah. What have you thought of his play recently
3: well and and i got I work with two guys who are you know adamant that they don't want to give him twelve million or twelve five or eleven million or whatever uh, because of his play and and we can well on the like, here's the thing about his play. Uh, he's still on pace for over hundred points if if you're a point guy. He's got that on his side, but look at the consistency. Consistency is not there. Uh, playing against the top teams, okay? Uh, you know, where, where's the point production against the top teams? Uh, last night again, he wasn't the only one. The, as you heard, the head coach rip into the team. He was one of the four or five no shows. There's no question about it. Uh, he the talk had called some of the effort from some of the players disturbing. You know, Mm -hmm. he needs his difference makers not named JT Miller to be difference makers. And right now, the only difference maker on this team is Miller and he's got six goals. He's on a heater. Okay, let's let's be honest. He's on a heater, six goals, four games. But he needs other guys in that top six to pick it up. And and all clearly he didn't name names last night. But if Rick Tocke did, obviously Pedersen's name would have been one of the guys he named last night.
2: All right, let's move on from the PD talk. Um, let's talk about the week that Steve Baines has had because it's a cool story. Um, it's a good story for numerous reasons. Um, mm-hmm. What have you heard about things behind the scenes with Arshteef?
3: Well, you nailed it, though, uh, Jason. What a week for him and his family, a local kid. But I, I just want to say this. The road to putting on that Canuck uniform in Colorado was anything but easy. No Bantam draft, no NHL draft. He gets signed as a 20-year-old playing for the Red Deer Rebels. I will tell you this. No one speaks more glowingly about Baines than his old boss, Brent Sutter in Red Deer. For Sutter, Baines was all about playing the right way, doing the right things on and off the ice. The day that Baines signed in uh, Red Deer, when I talked to Sutter, it was just like a proud dad. And, you know, it just really was. You, you, You talk to any of his old coaches, Jason, and they all say the same thing. Very coachable kid. And when you're coachable, that makes you want to learn and get better every day, and that's what he did. I want to go back to the signing. Canucks were one of many teams that were after him in Red Deer. Vancouver Scouts thought he was incredibly smart, always in the right spot. They raved about his work ethic. He wasn't afraid to go to the dirty areas, but it was an easy signing. There was a ton of teams in on him, but he had made it very clear that Vancouver in his hometown was the place that he wanted to be. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, the Canucks knew it was going to be done in Vancouver because the agent had a ton of teams, but the kid had told the agent, you know, if if Vancouver calls, you know, that's my number one place to be. But I do want to say this. His progress from year to year in Abbey, incredible. A pro scout told me at Christmas, he said Baines is going to play in the NHL this year, and I said to him, why? He said, really impressed he's showing pro attributes and this was not a pro scout of the vancouver canucks so obviously it was another team's pro scout but at christmas and here we are the guy makes it you know two three four weeks later i want to give the coaches an Abbotsford credit you know their job is to get kids ready for the nhl and baines hasn't looked out of place but it's just not the coaching staff uh, the sadine twins have done an incredible job down there I don't know if the Canucks were still in Utica if this would have happened. The fact they're in Vancouver, or sorry, Abbotsford, and they got that coaching staff and those people that are helping them out, it's it's pretty incredible the coaching these kids get in Abbotsford. To turn a 20-year-old unsigned kid from the Western League into a player, it's not easy. Ryan Johnson also had a plan for Baines. They stuck with it. They did it. Here's the final thing on him. Canucks have a ton of UFA players. They're going to need Baines and more kids from Abbotsford to make the roster next year. If you're a Canuck fan right now, you're hoping that Vasily Pod Colson is watching what is going on with Baines and he can make the ne- jump next year as well. If they have Baines and Pod Colson in the opening lineup next year, that'll be a big thing for them.
1: And Rick, on Baines's future, I mean, when he was called up, you know, this past week, I think some of us wondered, is it just about, you know, getting a reward to skate with the team, getting around, getting the NHL experience a little bit, but he's gotten into two games. He moved up the lineup after his oh. first game. Is he going to go back down? Because we know oh. this management team, oh. when they bring a player up, they want they want to be patient, but then when they come up, they want them to be up for good. Is he a full-time NHL player now?
3: Well, look at look what Tockett's done. Put him on line three in game one, yep. line two in game two. The important thing for me was he stayed on those lines for the entire game. Then last night, the goal he's pulled, he gets on the ice. He's He clearly, to me, has Tockett's trust at a very early time. Um, if you heard Tockett talk about Baines the other day, uh, he said he likes his physicality. I, he led all players with hits in Colorado with three he's four checking and he's got his head on a swivel he's always worried about his defensive responsibilities look again guys coachable kid tell me what to do and I'm going to go out and do it and that's a coach's dream I I right now I I, I cannot see him being sent down right now uh Jamie I just don't like when the coach puts you on line three yep. and then line two in your first two games like how like, I, I just don't see it. I, I, and for him to get, you know, extensive experience uh, in the NHL this year will obviously bode well for him next year.
2: Uh, Phil Kessel update. Remember that guy? We were all talking about Phil Kessel <laughs> before this four-game losing streak, and they were like, I don't, I don't have time for uh, Phil well, right he, now. What is, what's going on with uh, good old Phil in Abbotsford?
3: Uh, they're doing a good job of hiding him, aren't they? Okay, uh, week two of Phil Kessel, the experiment. Uh, he'll continue to practice, skate, and train under the watchful eyes of the Canucks, further evaluated by the end of the week. He's got to pass those checkpoints on and off the ice. Um, it was always going to take time, like – both sides knew when they got into this venture I'll call it a venture, that it was going to take time. It wasn't going to be two skates and, oh, okay, you're good enough. Oh, okay, you're not good enough. That was never discussed. It was always discussed that we're going to take our time. The goal, Jason, is to get him NHL game ready over the next uh, whatever few days it is. I, I'm told he's on track for that. Last time I checked, not hearing anything negative here, nothing. And both sides knew uh, going in, this would be a process. Everybody wants a good outcome here. I think the team uh, likes the player a lot. They have a history with them. Uh, Alvine, Rutherford, and Talkett, Um When the time is right, they feel, and the work's been done, they should get the uh, good outcome that they want. It's interesting to me, guys. Uh, the Canucks shut the media out. Remember, day one we saw pictures in video yep. of Castle. <laughs> Not ever since that day, it's <laughs> been uh, zilch, zero, none. You know, um, and so, anyways, look, I just, I, I'm just hearing nothing negative there. They continue to work them out, and the goal is to to, to get them NHL ready and to sign them. And everything I've been told that uh, barring a major setback, it should happen. Um
2: that being said is he is he possibly a backup plan for them like if they can't add some more depth up front if they can't make another trade that doesn't make sense then they'll be like okay we'll we'll sign castle
3: yeah i the the goal is is to is was before uh they they brought him into Vancouver was you know what get him into Vancouver work him out, and sign him so I think regardless if they add uh, jason i mean he's a depth piece he he brings depth they like him uh, it 's a player with championship pedigree i don 't think what they do elsewhere will affect him he's a freebie he doesn 't cost assets it's going to be a cheap deal on a pro rated you know, I'm going to guess 7, 800 on a, you know, cheap, prorated deal. I mean, they got nothing to lose. They got everything to gain if he becomes a player and helps him out down the stretch. But I don't think what they do elsewhere will affect him with Kessel. I think the goal is to work him out and sign him.
2: All right, buddy. Have a great weekend, Rick. Enjoy your show right, today. Enjoy uh, the game on Saturday. And uh, it's going to be fun down the stretch. Trade deadline, March 8th, not too far away.
3: All right, guys. Uh, take care. Have a good weekend. Thanks.
1: That is Rick Dolly. I was waiting for him to yell something at us and hang up. At the mm. end, that was a very uh, pleasant conversation. He was laughing. Yeah. Nice. Having fun.
2: Does it drive you, um, not crazy as, as much as it drives me crazy, but does it, like, when you hear things like
1: "we're baffled okay. at, at,
2: how, whole... at how much like people are talking about this contract not... when he's a restricted free yeah. agent," whole... we're well, baffled he's by an it.
1: RFA. So, like, what? I mean, it's not even. A, it's, why are we even talking? Because there's a huge decision to make this summer. That's why. He does not have a contract for next season. And if he decides he wants to go elsewhere, it would be extraordinarily easy to make that happen. That's why. We don't need to pretend that's not the situation. Yes, he's not a UFA. He's an RFA. But we've seen the playbook. Star players can call their shot and pick their destination and sign a contract where they want. Specifically in this situation. So that's why we're all talking about it. It's not a mystery. Uh, all right, it is Halford Abruff here, Sportsnet six fifty. It's an Ask Us Anything Friday.
0: I haven't asked us anything for you guys. All right. Ooh. Nice. Uh, do you think McKeever gets scratched next game? Pocket. Uh, uh, I don't know if you saw talking glaring at him after the. I think it was, yeah. was it the first goal. I forget which goal it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a first it was a, fail. it
2: was a fail. that, frankly, I'd put more on Zadorov. Like, but McKeever. Mm-hmm. You know that's a, that's kind of like a, a like a body position play that I was t- I was talking about mm-hmm. before. He like bats it down into the middle of the ice and Petey's like, uh, I'm not a basketball player, so I can't control this bouncing puck. Yeah. Um, you know, if he, if he makes a harder play there, maybe he bounces it to the wall and gets it out. It turns out better or just, I don't know, whatever. Um, McAiff is, is clearly not the player he was, um, in Toronto because he came to Vancouver and almost right, right, right away, tore his ACL. And, he played on it last year and I think he played much better than he did this season. But here's the story that everyone who's been willing to listen to the actual story will tell you the ACL. um, You can play on it for a little bit and you can be fine, but you know, if the stakes are low and eventually they turned quite low for the Canucks last season, you get the surgery and you you hope that one day you can get back to the level or at least very close to the level you were. But once you get the surgery, it's at least a year until you're mm-hmm. back to that level. Like it's not do some summer. If not
1: 18 months.
2: If not 18 months. Yeah. So everything we're seeing from Mikheyev, like people are like, I thought he'd be faster this year. Then you weren't listening, you know? We all had the hope that maybe you'd have like the miracle recovery mm-hmm. or, or faster than expected, but this is a very, very tough injury to come back for. And when your calling card in the NHL is your speed, it makes it doubly tough. Like he is not what's radio? He's not as useful if he's not fast. And I think right now he's probably dealing not only with the lack of bursts that he's been used to his entire career, he's dealing with there were higher expectations when he came to Vancouver. He was not a top-six guy in a Toronto. And then he comes to Vancouver and he's expected to be a top-six guy even with this injury that he's coming back for plus things have got no not like things have not gone well for him so he's probably battling a confidence issue he's bouncing all over the lineup I think it's possible that he could be healthy scratched but Dakota Joshua isn't healthy right now you know he he can't play so what's your plan scratch him and put PDG And PDG back in the lineup, and he's away was on away in a personal matter. On and a personal he was matter. the only
1: healthy forward that didn't yeah. play, so I don't even know if he's available. And I don't know mm-hmm. if they have the roster space or the cap space to call somebody else up from Abbotsford. So I think, obviously, it depends hugely on whether Philly Giuseppe is available. If he is, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, McKay have only played seven minutes in that game. He's not a factor on special teams. He's way down the lineup. Everyone saw the talk at glare after that goal that you referenced. Like, typically, if you want to pick the guy who's going to be a healthy scratch after a bad game, sort by ice time and see who's at the bottom. And that's a pretty good candidate. Uh, And that's Ilya Mikheyev right now. Uh, Still a chance to get a real dynamite ask us anything in. Include the pizza emoji. For your chance to win a $100 gift certificate to AJ's Pizza, we'll announce the winner at 8.30. But, of course, we're also going to do what we learned here, as we do every day. Uh, I'll start us off. Okay. What we learned, the Winnipeg Jets are in financial trouble some people even wondering about potential relocation in the future. Uh, Jets owner Mark Chipman doing a big interview with Chris Johnston at The Athletic says the team's season's ticket base is under 9,500. Just a few years ago, they were at 13,000. So that is a dramatic drop in just a few seasons to below 10,000 season ticket holders. Uh, Chipman says, I wouldn't be honest with you if I didn't say we've got to get back to 13,000. This place we find ourselves in right now, it's not going to work over the long haul. It just isn't. And a reminder the Jets have been one of the best teams in the Western Conference all season long. They're playing really well. You can't say that the fans are just turning away because the team isn't any good. They're a good team. With that in mind, Gary Bettman uh, scheduled to be in town on Tuesday, I believe, when they play the Blues. He's going to meet and greet with some corporate sponsors and I guess try to drum up interest. But when you're hearing stories like this, when the owner is giving interviews like this and the commissioner is coming to town to kind of do damage control... That's a very worrying worrying spot uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, a lot of people think that teams
2: like Winnipeg and uh, the Quebec Nordiques left simply because, you know, their owners sought out greener pastures in the States. Mm -hmm. And and in many cases, that was true. There's an element of that. Um, The exchange rate was also a problem. At the time, for sure. To the point where there were concerns at one time, believe it or not, that the Canucks were going to move. That they were going to be the next Canadian team to leave town. But I think people do have selective memory about the attendance in places like Quebec. And especially Winnipeg. I remember watching a lot of Winnipeg games where it was like 9,000 fans plus that big picture of the Queen. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it it, it it it's a it's a challenging market to create. You know what you see in a place like New York, where Madison Square Garden is always going to be sold out, or Toronto when even when the leaves were awful, um, Maple Leaf Gardens or you know the, or whatever they call it now, yeah, um, it would always be sold out. Um, that's not the case in Winnipeg. There isn't. First of all, the population, there isn't the corporate support. And when times get tough for people, as they have been because of inflation, because of interest rates, because of all sorts of things, you can beg and plead as much as you want. But people are still going to be like, yeah, I'm not paying 200 bucks for a ticket. I can watch it on TV. Yep. You know, uh, maybe I'll buck up for the playoffs, and you know, like the J- the Jets playoff games will be sold. Oh out, yeah, for sure. You know, but but
1: that's a that's a dangerous way to live because then when you miss the play, like, you can't be relying on okay, don't mm-hmm. worry, it'll be fine because we'll sell out a few playoff games. Yeah. Well, and then if you miss the playoffs, your whole budget is blown up and you're mm-hmm. screwed. And the ticket price thing is 100 percent right, and people will text in, you know, well they just got to lower the tickets, but okay, like it's a, it's a math equation here. You might get more people through the gate then if you lower ticket prices. But your revenue might not go up. And that's the key thing. You need to make the money somewhere. Yeah. And it's just hard to make that equation work in Winnipeg.
2: Uh, give us a moo cow on that. Um, I'll add a quick one here. And it's one of those if you think last night was bad for the Canucks, this is not going to make you feel better. Although, actually, it might. You know, <laughs> it might. It might. Um, uh, it will, actually. The Vegas Golden Knights got pumped last night. The only problem is it it happened at the hands of the Toronto Maple Leafs Mm -hmm. and the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they really rallied around that Morgan Riley suspension and they won all five games granted against a fairly easy schedule, um, without their best defenseman, which is a credit to them, whether you like it or not. And then in Riley's return last night, they went into Vegas and they had played the night before the Leafs in Arizona, they went into Vegas and beat the Vegas Golden Knights 7-3. to So the Leafs have suddenly won six games in a row. They've got something, granted it's ridiculous, but they're rallying around this Morgan Riley thing. Hey, whatever works. Whatever you need to motivate yourself, whatever you need to come together as a group, use it. Um, But perhaps the best thing from a Canucks perspective is that The Vegas Golden Knights aren't in a good way right now, Mm -hmm. and we all focused on Rick Tockett being frustrated with the Canucks last night, and he sure was. Here's a quote from Bruce uh, Cassidy, the head coach of Vegas, uh, courtesy Jesse Granger, who covers the team. It's up to the guys that have been here and done it that have the resume to lead this team. We've talked about our leadership group over and over, how good they are. Well, time to be good right now. So there's desperation in Vegas as well. Um, that will be a team worth watching heading up to the trade deadline because Mark Stone is back on LTIR. Is he on LTIR? I don't know if he's I officially believe, on LTIR, I, but he's going he be out. It, they could, but yeah. the GM basically said he's going to be out a while. So when someone says a while and it's getting close to the playoffs, you're kind of like, has Vegas done this stuff? They've done this stuff before. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Vegas – all of a sudden.
0: Miraculous recovery from Mike Stone. Yeah, game one of
2: the playoffs. Yeah. And uh,
4: so that's going to be a team to watch.
2: Give me a D- mook out on that. I
4: am going to play a clip from that for one second. There was a clip from that game. You were talking about at least being fired up about Morgan Riley's return. Well, so was our favorite broadcaster, Joe Bowen.
1: A weak shot went well wide of the goal.
2: Riley knocks his man down. Could be a suspension there. Long shot. Stopped there on the Play that one more time. That caught me too much by surprise. (laughs) I was waiting for something.
0: Weak shot went well wide of the goal. Riley knocks
2: his man down. Could be a suspension there. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. I think that's the, pretty good. I think the Leafs are, funny. are
1: planning to like throw a parade in Morgan Riley's <laughs> honor when they get back to Toronto. Like I think they're like, oh, we're gonna give him a standing ovation. We're gonna be so supportive of Tears him. Tears streaming down their yeah, face. It's gonna be a really, really emotional night uh, in Toronto when Morgan Riley is back on the ice. There.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, one final segment of the Halford and Bruff show to go this week so let's make it a fun one uh text in your ask us anything's into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650 be sure to include the pizza emoji if you want to be entered into the contest for best ask us anything uh $100 gift card to AJ's on the line you are listening to the Halford and Bruff show with Jamie Dodd no Halford on Sportsnet 650.
0: Big opinions and good bets. It's the people Show with Big Nizar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Welcome to Kelowna,
0: Farnia, West Coast.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. <laughs>
1: All right, welcome back to Halford and Bruff here, Sportsnet 650. Jamie Dodd, my final segment here this week on the show. I mean, it's the whole show's final segment, but Halford will be back on Monday. This hour of Halford and Bruff Brough brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit Campbell Pound.com today, also by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today. Visit your nearest Lari Acura dealer today. Are we going right to the inbox for uh, for what we learns and ask us anything? I could do
2: I could do a quick what we learned actually. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning lost their third straight and have been outscored eighteen to seven over that stretch. And you know, there were a couple of teams like it was a good night for Pittsburgh. In the standings last night because they got a win over Montreal. But the uh, and the Lightning lost, as mentioned, the Devils lost and the Islanders also lost. So, for a team like the Lightning, like I don't know if I'm quite ready to say that I'm super worried about them missing the playoffs, but I am very curious to see what happens with Stamkos there. Like, are are they going to need to do something to shake that team
1: up in a major way? Are the Lightning on the verge of becoming the new San Jose Sharks? Now, the difference is they won Stanley Cups, but where you look Just at... Just with all their
2: contracts yes, and you're like... where you look ooh. at the
1: amount of money they have on the books to like 2028, 2029, mm. they're already in a dogfight for the playoffs. Those guys aren't getting younger. They don't have a lot of room to make moves. See, Are we going to be talking about them like the Sharks in two years? I'm not ready to go there quite yet because Kucherov is still playing at
2: a high level. Yep. At 30 years old. I love Braden Point. He's only 27. Anthony Sorelli's only 26. So that down the middle, like, I'm not all that worried about them down the middle. Um, But I do really wonder what they're going to do with Stamkos because he's 34 years old. And I feel like he's going to still want to be paid with term. Like, Mm -hmm. he's not quite at the point of his career where he's like, okay, we'll do it year to year. No. Although Bergeron did it in Boston at...
1: At around that age, right? Yeah, he started although going year the, to year. There's the history with Stamkos. Like he almost left once, and yeah. he's already publicly annoyed that he hasn't. Mm. You know what I mean? So I don't think it ever got to that point with Bergeron. But do you, some...
2: this report that Noah Hannafin has his eyes on Tampa Bay, I think, is interesting.
1: Yeah. It's like, what cap space are they using to give you $8 million? Stamkos's. I guess, but boy. There'll be a lot like... of pressure on Noah Hannafin. Then like, next year, you're you going to have Headman at 7.8. Chernak at 5.2, Sergeyev at 8.5, and then potentially Noah Hannafin at like mm-hmm. eight or seven and a half. Stamkos knows
4: he's way. not a 50-goal guy anymore, right? Like, what what's he expecting here? Does he yeah, want to be paid like a 50 goal Yeah, he's expecting his same guy?
1: salary, but like... Yeah. You know, I think the term is probably the biggest thing. Like, hey, make me a career member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sign me until I'm 39 or whatever. He's their
2: captain. Hey, laddie, how was Vasilevsky playing this season? Up know and down. Yeah.
4: He, he, everyone thought he was back there for a couple weeks, and then he's hit another rough patch. He's under 900 for the year still. So mm-hmm. it's it's been a tough go, but I think his team in general just gives up a lot more than he's used to seeing in front of him.
2: Uh, okay. Mukal, the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Um, let's print out some submissions into the Dunbar Lumber text line.
1: Uh, all right. You're going to play the – all right. We'll do what we learned. I'll read, do the what we learned read on yeah. that. I'm all thrown off. Yeah, you got to do something. nonsense. Oh.
2: Sorry. This got me last Friday too. And learned, my computer froze.
1: What we learned is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most at GetFirePlan.com. Comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation. Get $200 off today. Oh, my
0: God. We're happy.
1: Now, even though I just did the what we learned read, we're going to announce the winner of the Ask Us Anything contest, A-Doug.
0: Yeah, well, it goes to uh, Brody, the city worker. Congrats, Brody. He was the one that uh, posed the question earlier in the show, which gave us a good discussion topic, which obviously we always like when listeners do that, where he asked what are the chances uh, the Canucks management are now taking the rest of the year in the playoffs to figure out if PD is the guy or maybe if they can improve the team. Through trading him, he says, my daughter and I are going to the game Saturday. We'll be watching Petey closely. He's a great player, but can he lead them? A little pizza after the game would be great to end the night. Brody the City Worker.
1: Congratulations to Brody the City Worker. He wins a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza. Come get a slice of Brooklyn in Vancouver. AJ's Pizza on East Broadway. Authentic Brooklyn-style pizza. Dine in or order online at pizza. There we go. We did it. We got through the administrative nonsense. Uh, Now into the inbox for more uh, what we learned and ask us anything. I enjoy
2: this, what we learned. Uh, This just came in unsigned. This is the perfect time to cash in on our pending UFAs. Pretty much guaranteed playoff games and can get some high picks without (laughs) losing our top talent. Best of both worlds. Sell, now, the sell. You, sell, imagine? sell.
3: Oh, you imagine. <laughs> Dakota
1: Joshua, see God. ya. Nikita Zadorov, bye. Blueger, you're out the door. We don't need you. We're going to collect first round <laughs> picks. That'd be Blow amazing. Blow it up, guys.
0: Season's over. Whoa.
1: Blow it up. That's so, right.
2: Woodward, Woodrow, the eligible bachelor, uh, hasn't asked us anything. And it's a great one to discuss without Halford being here. Because, I think this
0: ask us anything is a shot at Halford, if anything.
2: Yes. Yeah, so Halford has a rule. That he is steadfastly held on to this is actually a rule that I used to have when I was significantly younger. Is it acceptable to wear the jersey of a player that is younger than you and I always had this thing I was like, God, I don't really want to wear the jersey of someone that's like younger than twenty three when when I'm like still in my twenties or early thirties, and I guess I officially broke that when. I wore Yannick Hansen's jersey. So I kind of put that aside. And right now, if I were to get a Canucks jersey, I would get a Quinn Hughes jersey. And even though we look similar ages, like we both look young and, you know.
1: You both have that 1,000-yard <laughs> stare. Same full of too.
2: vitality and, you know, the potential. Um, I'm actually a little bit older than yep. Quinn Hughes. I don't know if.
0: You know, that, people can see you on stream and see that you're lying, of course, right? What understand. are you talking about?
2: you are uh,
0: on camera right now yeah you no know, I, I saw know. you i, I know. You play hide behind I the radio Just a lot of account
2: people account. are like are you are you still in your 20s like, oh, a lot of okay. people okay. ask me that um for yes it is acceptable to wear the jersey of a player as as that most normal people me. would yeah, say yeah I, well, I, I i have i have officially changed my view on that and i did a while ago halford is still going to hold on he's going to keep getting like um he'll wear like his uh, throwbacks his throwback jerseys yep. yeah yeah like i think he's got
0: He'll be 90 only wearing Tungsten O'Doyle jerseys, that kind of stuff. He's got
2: like a Tiger Williams one, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. I
1: like the idea that he has to keep going farther back in time the older yeah. he gets. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. like, he's going to add 100 years for every yeah, year. Like, <laughs> I, no,
2: he's like, Honus Wagner. My guy. He was my favorite ball player.
1: Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say unacceptable. I don't see it in my future, but I'm not a big jersey guy anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I've only had one. I got a Roberto Luongo jersey the first year he was with the Canucks. Is he younger or older than you? He's older than me. Okay. Um, I think that's the only time I've ever owned a jersey with a player's name on it. Right. I've I've only owned two. I have a Team Canada Olympic jersey, but it's just a blank on mm-hmm. the yeah, back. Yeah, a lot of blank jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it's just not a big thing for me anyways. And then you add the age factor. And it's like, yeah, I'm probably... I'm probably just back. get
4: Bruff on the back.
2: Your I have God a really nice. I do uh, have a Bruff BC Lions jersey, which I they sent it to me, and it's a beautiful jersey. I just I just can't I, I can't wear my own name on a jersey. Uh, I have I this
0: beautiful draw. skate jersey that uh, my mother in law got me for Christmas like four years ago. It's a Pete Patterson skate jersey, mm-hmm. and it's an awesome jersey. And I will wear the hell out of that if, if he gets traded. I will just wear that ironically everywhere. I'll wear it to all the Canucks games.
2: I wouldn't wear that for the first year, buddy. <laughs> I oh, I will. I, It'll be a conversation starter.
0: Yeah, some people uh,
2: will start conversations, conversations in a different way.
1: Uh, ask us anything. Big breakfast conversation happening on the show today. Mm. If you could have only one of these for breakfast, which would it be? One, the McRib sandwich. Two, fettuccine alfredo. Three, foot long with everything on it. Or four, nigiri sushi. Uh. That's an easy one for me. Fettuccine alfredo. Yeah, hundred percent pasta for. Breakfast. I actually would love that. I've I, eaten. I go praf- with sushi pasta I think. For breakfast.
0: Sushi, really? What's well, lighter. I, I, my initial reaction was the sub with everything on it, but I think I'd get sick of that after a while. I, I don't love, know if I could, could get sick of sushi.
1: I love nigiri sushi, but it just there is something about starting your day with it that feels That's too a aggressive. little off. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think my stomach needs to like ease into the day. So you're a starting your day with, with pasta? What are the Hell options yeah. again? What are the options? Uh, McRib sandwich. <laughs> no. no. Nice. Now, not in zero time of the day is that I'm eating the McRib, <laughs> McRib sandwich. Fettuccine don't alfredo. Footlong with everything on it or nigiri sushi. I'm going a foot i I can sandwich. see that. I can yeah, see yeah, a sandwich. Yeah. 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 I, that would be my number two. If mm-hmm. I was ranking them, fettuccine Alfredo. The heaviest one. Foot long with everything on it. <laughs> yeah, but what's wrong with that? course forcing got, down one, one of those big lumberjack stick to the Stick to your ribs breakfast to start yeah. the day. I love you know, a with good all the l- energy my job
2: uses. I, I like a good lumberjack breakfast. <laughs> Sometimes yep. after, you know, they have, like, a lumberjack breakfast, and I'll go in there like, I'm a city dweller. I'm going to get the lumberjack breakfast. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to get farmer's breakfast. Yeah. I haven't done an honest day's work in a long, long time, if ever. Uh <laughs> I like this one from North Creek. Dan, ask us anything. Do you guys think the Canucks scouts should check out this kid from the <laughs> Milwaukee Admirables? Heard this kid has a- The Admirables? Uh, the Admirals. The Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, heard this kid has a decent clap bomb and likes to go bar down. Uh, and then Dan mentions, great to see Hodgson back playing. And uh, he scored a goal. He did. He got his first goal. In I think that's years. I think that's like a terrific story. It's incredible. If there's anything you know like if if you have these regrets and you're still kind of in the age window and you have the opportunity and you think you can do it, don't end your hockey career with any regrets. You know, just try it at the very least it's good exercise. And I think
1: <laughs> You're getting some great cardio out there. yeah. And, I mean, it's just wild. Like, I'm looking at his hockey DB right now, and it goes 2015-16, the Milwaukee Admirals. 2023-2024, the Milwaukee Admirals. You don't see a lot of eight-year gaps on hockey DB. And I'd be fascinated to hear from Hodson as well because it's not as if he just wasn't good enough, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he had serious health issues that prevented his career from continuing. And I can imagine if that's how your career ends, especially when it looked like he was primed, for a really successful career, and then it's health that ends it for you, that would be really difficult to overcome. So, for him to work that hard to get back to mm-hmm. playing professionally at the AHL level, which let's not forget, like sometimes, like, oh, he's an AHL player derisively, it's really hard, really, really hard to play in the AHL, let yeah. alone at his age after eight years away mm-hmm. from professional hockey. That's an incredible requirement. And I do wonder how much of it for him is just. I don't want to end my career that way. I want to end it on my own terms. I don't want to have that regret uh, for the rest of my life that yeah. I didn't do it. It's, very, a, it's he, very
0: admirable, and that's why Milwaukee signed <laughs> <it>. He was like,
1: <laughs> I'm going to go for the most admirable team, the Milwaukee um,
2: Admirables. He ended up making some pretty good money. He did. Even he though he a got a good contract. But he, did he get bought out of that contract at I, one-thirds? I, th- I don't know about that. I, th- to, I, th- I think he, he might have because he, yeah. he signed it when he was young. Uh, Gunner from Kelowna with an us Anything. I think this is a fun question. On paper, on paper, do the Canucks have the best all-around roster to win the Stanley Cup? Based on all the moves management made over the last year, I feel we have the best full roster with few needs. I can see where you're coming from, Gunner. How many teams have um, all-star centers in PD, and J T. Miller, J. T. Miller. Um, and and, 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 Lindholm, and Lindholm as well, an all star winger in Brock Besser, the favorite to win the Norris Trophy currently in Quinn Hughes, and one of the favorites to win the Vezina Trophy in Thatcher Demko. That on paper. And at times this season, you're looking at this team, and oh, by the way, they've also got a really good third line. And they've got some size and toughness on the back end if everyone is healthy there. I still kind of worry about, like, do they have a good enough second pair of defensemen? And I do wonder sometimes about the fourth line, and I wonder about the PK. But, yeah, that's that's why people got excited about this team. It was like, look at all the elite players that are all playing at an elite level. And I know the all-star game was a lot based on fan votes, but if you looked at the scoring totals, yep. the players that went there, at least from the Canucks at the time, not ca- not talking about Lindholm, but they all like made great cases to be at the all-star game. They haven't made great cases lately <laughs> to be at the all-star game, while well, JT Miller has, and um, you know, I don't know about any of the other forwards, but if you look at a team like, for example, Edmonton, you'd be like, ooh, can Stuart Skinner bring it in the playoffs? Or is that blue line good enough? Is it deep enough? Do they have enough depth in Edmonton? But is, If you look at is, Colorado, you're like, is ooh, Vancouver's, second line center. Is Vancouver's
1: blue line deeper than Edmonton's, though? Like, they have Quinn Hughes. Who's the best defenseman on either mm-hmm. of the two teams? No, I don't consider it deeper than that. Right. Edmonton's. So, like, no. I don't, like, I get what the texture is saying. But goaltending,
2: I would take Demko over Scott. 100%, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But you'd also take the top end of Edmonton's forward yes. group easily, right? So, like, I, I get what the texture is saying. They, they have built an impressive roster. But to look around the league and say, on paper, it's the best roster, it's a stretch. Because mm-hmm. you're right. Like, yeah, they have top end talent, but they had that last year, too. Yeah. And we, that's not enough and there mm-hmm. are still question marks. That's not a criticism by the way. Like the the turnaround they've had in a year is incredible. But there's some other really good teams out there. And like I would still look at Vegas. Yeah. They didn't Especially lose much. Especially if they get healthy. They didn't lose much from their Stanley Cup championship team, yeah. right? Riley Smith who's not playing well in Pittsburgh. When they're healthy, like it's hard for me to choose a more complete roster than Vegas. Did definitely. I hear you
2: guys talking about
1: what the specific injury with Mark Stone is? I thought you were going to say, should we talk about how bad Pittsburgh is a little bit more? Since that's what we do primarily on this show. Apparently, yeah, Mark Stone
4: apparently. has a lacerated spleen.
1: That sounds like it hurts. Yes.
4: And not something you would fake to get on long-term IR.
1: Oh, my... Spleen, oh, it's been lacerated. <laughs> just punch my spleen a little bit here. Was it Forsberg who <laughs> lacerated
4: had that in up in the playoffs? He had the spleen one year. He had to get surgery, and then he came back. Yeah, he had he,
0: he had was all sorts up. of
4: issues. Uh, Jeff
2: from North Van, this is an interesting question. Do you think the angst in the market about Petey would just go away if he would come out and say he wants to be here, recognizes his play is not where it should be? And he is working hard to get better. Yes. I, I don't think it would all go
1: away. <laughs> because there a would lot still of be would. people like, oh, it doesn't matter what he says. He's got to prove it on the ice. It would go a long way. He has said before, before, i, like, I got
0: to get better, though. I mean, not even that long ago. Sure. He said correctly. he wants to be here. No, not that first part. And that's and the most that, important that's, part.
1: Like, the conversation would also be different. I know you've made this point as well. If he had signed an eight-year deal instead of his bridge and he was you know on year three of a eight-year eight million dollar per season deal not that there wouldn't be criticism not that there wouldn't be pressure but there absolutely would but it would also be a completely different conversation I'm not saying it has nothing to do with his play on the ice but Mm -hmm. it is absolutely magnified and amplified by the contract situation it's the those two things working in tandem to produce the PD wars as they are happening right now
2: uh Brendan Texan, I don't Get Why they have split up the lotto line Lindholm was acquired and they immediately think They have to pair him with PD I thought the second line center Was uh, so that that line Could play together They were playing great together before the all-star game Yeah they were playing great before they started playing Not great together Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I think Talk it also like day one when he put them together Was very it's a situational thing it, it's mm-hmm. clear. He never seemed like I think he has a super into. Philosoph- it. I don't think it's about the trio. I think he has a philosophical inclination against loading up your top line. I think his preference is to spread it out and make sure you have two or three lines mm-hmm. that are performing really well.
2: Do you think they'll? Do you think there's any chance that he might break up the Hughes and Hronik pair just for a bit? I mean, because I think going into the season he didn't want to have those two together. It was almost like he was drag kicking and screaming into it. Remember, he, mm-hmm. he finally put it together. The end of the preseason, he's like, "All right."
1: Didn't Cole McWard skate with Quinn Hughes yeah, during preseason? Cole yeah, everyone skated. I, I was like, "Oh, I, it's going to be. I it's gonna be, a be by... like, I'm a right shot. <laughs> it's going to be by committee. We're going to be really flexible." And I was like, "No, Philip Ronick is stapled to Quinn who's Hughes. Who's that young
0: man on the ice just not doing well right now? <laughs> 23 year old there.
1: there. He can barely bend over.
2: to <laughs> <laughs> get that young man off the ice. Okay." Uh, Jamie, I want to thank you for yes. filling in for Halford. Hopefully Halford's uh, back mm-hmm. on Monday. Uh, he's doing okay, folks. Don't worry. He's got an LBI. It's a sports-related injury. Jamie's so, back for another week. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, if it was the Canucks, like, Halford's now on retro. Yeah, it's a maintenance LBI. day.
1: <laughs> oh, he's going to miss tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll
2: um, But thank you for filling in. It's been fun. Um, it's been a change of pace. And you are the worst jinx in Vancouver sports history. Uh, For those of you that are in and around town this weekend, I hope you have fun if you're going to the Rugby Sevens or if you're going to the Canucks-Bruins game, if you're going to both. um, Have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy it. It's still going to be fun with the Canucks playing the Bruins on Saturday and lots to talk about uh, when we come back.
1: All right. Thanks. Thanks for letting me sit in. It's been great. Uh, yeah, I, I will be back on Canucks Talk with Grants. Hal to be back on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. It's Sportsnet 650.